Thank you for joining us for Seton Reflections, a podcast brought to you by the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmonsburg, Maryland. You can read these reflections at setonshrine.org or subscribe to these weekly emails and get them sent directly to your inbox. Before we start this week's episode, we wanted to share some really exciting news, and we know we keep saying that because a lot is going on in this 200th anniversary of Mother Seton. Next week, July 1st, we are opening a brand new exhibit called Seton Family Treasures. These priceless treasures are artifacts that have been passed down through the generations and are now on display for the first time to the public here at the Seton Shrine in Emmitsburg, Maryland. These articles include um, things like the wedding miniatures uh, from Mother Seton and her husband, William Maggie Seton, to a christening gown that Elizabeth hand sewed for her daughter, Catherine, to even one of her original bonnets. You can see it all starting next week, July 1st, only here at the Seton Shrine. This week, our episode is called The Play of the Heart, St. Jose Maria Escriva and Mother Seton, and is written by Lisa Licona. When I was a kid, my mother went through an Adele Davis stage. Adele Davis was one of the great American popularizers of nutrition. Long before the diet fads of the 70s and 80s, she was touting the value of fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, and critiquing nutrient-sparse prepared foods in popular books chock full of good advice and healthy recipes, many of which my own mother tried out on us, her unsuspecting children. Truly, these are some of the worst culinary encounters I have ever known. Adele liked to add healthy ingredients, like nutritional yeast or wheat germ to things that I loved, like popcorn and cookies, making them almost inedible. Because Adele bemoaned the sparse nutritional value of white flour, my mother once determinedly made pizza dough entirely from whole wheat flour, blissfully oblivious to the critical elasticity and thus lightness of the texture that even a touch of white flour naturally adds to dough. The result was a gluey, tasteless crust that was thickly spread in unsalted, unsweetened, unseasoned tomato sauce. As a 10-year-old, I obediently consumed this wholesome dinner and secretly fumed. (laughs) This powerful early memory reflects some of my early attempts to concoct a recipe for my family's spiritual life that was similarly, quote, nutrition dense. I distinctly remember one such experiment. I had decided that our young family was going to sit down and pray five decades of the rosary together, every night, no matter what. Certain that this was a good practice, I went on to enforce this for about six months, convinced that I was giving my kids the healthiest dose of Catholicism they had ever gotten. It took a priest friend visiting our house to set me straight. Having seen my kids squirming and crying their way through the prayers, He gently suggested that I didn't have to keep up with this nightly regimen. At first, I was embarrassed that he noticed how bad my kids were. Then I began to really look at my kids, and I realized I was crushing nature to impose grace. Children are not meant to sit still for an hour or more. Their minds wander. They get the fidgets. Not only was my expectation unreasonable, but I suddenly saw that it was downright cruel. My good intentions were having the opposite effect. I was making them hate the rosary, and by extension, their faith. With horror, I realized my kids were feeling the same way about the rosary as I once did about that, quote, healthy pizza. 
I began to do a lot of soul searching about what holiness meant. I realized I had subconsciously thought that in order for us to become holy, we must just in everything that seems meaningless and empty, the taste and texture of life, so to speak, everything that is the spiritual equivalent of that little bit of white flour added to the whole wheat pizza crust. I was unwilling to let my children be children, to get up and dance, to be kids in the middle of the rosary. I was afraid of their lightness and joy. I was afraid of mercy. This was one of the most worthwhile lessons I ever learned. And I have learned it again and again in the sphere of someone's, someone else's merciful gaze, often in the company of the saints. They are the ones who show me how Christ meets us in our everyday life, through our emotions and our affections, through familiarity and simplicity, all that is light and fun. The saints get the incarnation, this mystery that means that Christ, who is perfectly divine, has completely embraced everything that is also perfectly and ordinarily human. St. Jose Maria Escriva, whose feast is June 22nd, was a great proponent of everyday life. He is best known as the founder of the lay movement Opus Dei, the work of God, which he started in Spain and has now spread all over the world. Jose Maria's approach to holiness is a straightforward recipe born of a spiritual inspiration that he received in 1926, that persons of all walks of life are called to be holy, not by retreating from the world, but by remaining precisely where they are. He anticipated the Second Vatican Council's universal call to holiness by some 40 years in his insistence that lay people are called to holiness through their work in the world. He wrote, You must understand now more clearly that God is calling you to serve him in and from the ordinary, material, and secular activities of human life. He waits for us every day, in the laboratory, in the operating theater, in the army barracks, in the university chair, in the factory, in the workshop, the fields, the home, and the immense panorama of work. Understand this well. There is something holy, something divine, hidden in the most ordinary situations, and it is up to each one of you to discover it. Jose Maria Escrivas is inviting the members of Opus Dei into an adventure in which Christ is not separate from our passions and concerns, but part of them. He is present in the home, the workplace, the street, the commute, and the grocery store. His is a deeply generous and sanctifying vision, one that recognizes the presence of Christ in every circumstance of our lives. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton also had this deep sacramental vision. Her writings evince her easy familiarity with grace and nature and is infused with the joy that comes from seeing how the everyday is shot through with God's love. Here is Elizabeth talking to her friend Immobilia of her own struggle to find her way into the church. She wrote, For as to going a walking anymore about what all the different people believe, I cannot, being quite tired out. And I came up light at my heart and cool of head the first time these many long months, but not without begging our Lord to wrap my heart deep in that open side so well described in the beautiful crucifixion, or lock it up in his little tabernacle where I shall now rest forever. O Immobilia, the endearments of this day with the children, and the play of the heart with God while keeping up their little farces with them. 
Elizabeth Ann Seton reflects on her reception into the church and her devotion to the Eucharist in a kind of joyful reverie that finds fulfillment in the play of her own dear children. Her evident joy in the sacramental nature of life is a lovely recipe that provides sustenance for the soul without denying the joy of the body. Like Jose Maria and St. Elizabeth Ann, may our play and our prayer be ever joyfully entwined.